Hey everyone, Bill Giannone here, and welcome to the fourth and final installment of our four-part series about measuring up, how to use the right KPIs and measuring tools to assess the success of your business. Hopefully you're here because you've listened to the first three volumes and we already covered the marketing part of your business, the sales part of your business, and the field production part of the business. Today, part four is going to cover invoicing and collections. I, I kind of laughed when we started volume two, the sales. I mentioned that a lot of owners think that volume two, the sales part of the process is the most important part because if you don't get people to sign contracts, you have no money. Well, that's all true. But then when you talk to anybody who really stresses invoices or collections, People who are real, real money people or real business people will tell you without cash flow, without revenue coming into the company, all is lost. So every step of the way is the most important step. So we're going to talk about invoicing and collections as if it's the most important step. Let's talk about the key indicators that you should be using. There are four very specific, very key indicators that you should be using to assess the value of your invoicing process. If you're not invoicing and collecting using these four indicators, you're basically doing it in the dark. You need to know how effective that team is at doing all four of these tasks because there's four distinct pieces and each of those pieces affects all the other pieces and every single piece of the process affects your pocket. Remember, what's left over at the end of everything goes in your pocket. We don't have the ability to pay less in rent if we don't collect all of our invoice. We don't have the ability to cut the salaries of our staff if the adjuster decides he doesn't like the way we wrote our invoice and only pays 80 cents on a dollar. Okay? If a homeowner decides that they didn't like our staff, and just makes it difficult for us to collect the money, we can't go to our insurance company and say, you know what, I know you had us covered, but we're not going to pay the uh, insurance premiums. That doesn't happen. So every time there's an issue that keeps us from getting 100 cents of what we invoiced, it comes out of the owner's pocket. I'm really, really strict about invoicing and collections because that's the part that I really understand as being so important. I help a lot in the other parts of the process to make sure when it gets to invoicing and collections, that person or that team has the greatest chance of complete success. But I'm very, very strict on how invoicing and collections works within the process. Maybe it's my Wall Street background. Maybe it's the fact that at the end of the day, a dollar is a dollar is a dollar. But I'm here to tell you, I care a lot about how we submit the invoice, when we submit the invoice, how we argue the invoice, and how we get the money to come in the door. I've worked with a lot of companies over the years in our industry, and some of the most successful companies were the ones that were the closest to going out of business. I've worked with companies who went and did a lot of storm work on cats and on hurricanes and came home and literally close their doors in six months. But if you looked at their revenue, 
if you looked at what they build, they had the best six months ever. And they were closed. Because if you can't have the money come in the door, it doesn't matter how much you build. Okay, enough teasing. We all know how important it is. Let me give you the four really important measuring sticks, the KPI tools. Number one, you have to be judging the time from when your job is completed to when the invoice is submitted. I know I fooled everybody. I didn't say the amount of the invoice. Guess what? The amount of the invoice isn't the most important thing. If you invoice on time, you have a greater chance of getting paid in full than if you invoice late. What is considered on time and what is considered late? A perfect scenario is the day that you take the equipment away and the homeowner signs your certificate of completion. You trade the executed COC with your invoice. You hand the invoice to the homeowner at the time of completion. That's the gold standard. That's the goal. That's the perfect world. In reality, if you can do that, Within two days of COC, you have your greatest chance of getting paid in full. No matter what else happens in the process, that simple step gives you the greatest chance to be paid in full. You have to know what that time is from when you get the COC signed to when the invoice is in the homeowner's hands. And you notice I said homeowner and not carrier. If you want to submit it to the homeowner and the insurance company, that's great. If you submit it just to the insurance company, by law, it technically doesn't even count as an invoice. By law, the only person that you are allowed to invoice is the person who contracted for your services. So just understand that. And I don't want to get into this too much because I've done a lot of conversations in the past. I've done full hour webinars on the process of uh, invoice submission and how to talk to third parties and how to talk to adjusters and why we have to eliminate direct conversations. I've done all of that. Just suffice it to say, you need to make sure that within two days of you pulling equipment and getting a COC signed, you've got a completed invoice to hand to the client. The longer it takes, the longer it will take you to get paid. For every week it takes you to invoice, you can add at least a month onto that window. For every month that it takes you to get paid, your chances of getting paid in full go down by 30, 35%. And that's why I'm saying if you wait two months, by the time they even get around to look at it, and it's now a third month, you have zero chance of ever getting a full amount paid. Why do I say two months? That's ridiculous, right? Well, hopefully you'll, all of you think it's ridiculous, but I actually work with certain clients who from time to time, it takes them two months to get an invoice out. Let's totally not even concentrate on them. Let's focus on the fact that we need to have a process that gets our invoices out in two days. If you can't possibly see how you can get an invoice out in two days, give me a holler. We're going to talk about some simple strategies. Most people who can't get their invoices out for 
two, three, five days, and it takes them two weeks, don't have enough staff. And then by the time I'm done, I'm going to show you how, if you do these four steps properly, you could not only afford an additional staff member to just do this, you're going to put a lot, lot more money than that in your pocket. Okay, so step one, figure out what the time from COC to invoicing is, and your target goal is two days. Obviously, if an invoice, if a COC signed on a Friday, you don't start the count till Monday because you don't expect your invoicing people to work on weekends, okay? I just wanted to throw that in. Number two, the average invoice amount. Not the most important thing, but obviously very, very high up there. Invoicing can be very successful and could collect a lot of money quickly if they're invoicing very low. Remember my scenario in a couple of uh, volumes ago, I talked about sales. And I said, one of the biggest problems a salesman has is if they're providing an estimate or giving a quote, they underbid your work. If your invoicer, the person submitting the invoices is only invoicing $4,000 for a residential water damage, not program work, you're leaving money on the table. You'll get paid 100% of that and you'll get paid pretty quick because the adjuster will be like, I can't believe this is so low. I better pay it before they realize they made a mistake. Your average invoice should be six sixty five hundred seven thousand dollars So the average invoice matters, not just because you need to know what that number is, because, oh, you want to be able to project. It does help for projecting, but it's more important to know if it sounds low, if it feels low, it is. It's got to have at least a five in front of it and hopefully a six. We need to gauge that. Okay. Third thing we need to gauge something called AR aging. Every single one of you who uses a software program like QuickBooks for your books should be able to produce a report that's called the AR aging report. AR stands for accounts receivable. AR aging report will tell you exactly to the day what the average length of time it is right now that your invoices are sitting out there unpaid. You need to make sure your AR aging never gets over 45 days. Your goal is to collect as much as possible within 30 days of submission. The way that these AR aging reports are broken down, they're broken down into a bunch of categories. They're broken down, one says current. So current literally is the stuff you've invoiced today or yesterday or tomorrow. That's kind of just a, a catch-all for the stuff that's brand new. The next column, which is the most important column that we want to look at if we're gauging the effectiveness of our marketers, is the one to 30 days column. Everything that was invoiced from yesterday back a month is in that column. If their invoice and collections crews are doing their job properly, very few of those are moving over to the next column, which is says 31 to 60. You want to make sure the vast majority, 80% and above, of the invoices you submit get collected before it has to move to 31 to 60. Okay, so let's just say last month, you had a really good month, you submitted $200,000 worth of invoices. If I go exactly one month from now and look at that list, there should only be $40,000 
in the 31 to 60 column because 80% of 200,000 is 160. You should have collected 160,000 of that money already before it moves on. Okay. I know it's difficult just because we're doing a blog here and I'm just talking and I don't have, you know, spreadsheets in front of you to show you, but that's you, if you just took a second, pause this and go pulled up an AR aging report, you know what I'm talking about. It starts to get really troubling once it gets into the next column over, which is the 61 to 90. 61 to 90 is what I call the danger zone because 61 to 90 is usually when most of the jobs start to become uncollectible. There's a lot of dispute. There's a lot of confusion. There might be issues with the adjuster. There might be issues with the homeowner. There might be disputes on what's right and what's wrong and you did too much and you didn't build the right way. Those have to be addressed before they get to this point. But once they get here, now you're working in two different directions. You got to get that paid really quickly, but you also have to understand you're in that territory now where in most states, you have to start thinking about filing a lien to protect your collections rights. All right. In most states, it's 90 days from when you submit an invoice. In some states, it's much quicker. But for, mo for the general part, it's about a 90-day window. But I will tell you this. Every single bank, every single financial institution says once it gets to the final column, which is plus 90, they don't even consider that an asset. They don't even consider that part of your value of your company because they don't think you're ever going to get that money. And I'm working with a lot of companies who have a lot of plus 90 money that never, ever gets collected. Sometimes, believe it or not, it gets there without an explanation from anybody in the company as to how it got there. And that's because nobody is holding anybody accountable for the collections part. They're doing a lot of work and then they're submitting a lot of invoices, but nobody's following up. Hey, did you get the invoice? Hey, what's the, is there any issues? You understand the more you hound an adjuster early on, the better the chances that he's going to look at your invoice and he's going to make some sort of determination on how much he's going to pay. The more you hand the homeowner early on, the more they're going to understand you mean business and they can't get away with out of sight, out of mind. You need to be able to establish your ability to get paid right up front, your expectation to get paid right up front, and then follow through with aggressive action. So being able to judge the AR aging is very important. That AR aging number should never, ever exceed 45. And I want the vast majority of your invoice dollar amounts and total number of invoices to be in the one to 30 column. And that's where you want to do most of your work. Work really hard up front and very few of them are going to move to the other columns. I was going to say to the right, but I don't have a spreadsheet up. Hopefully you understand that. Again, if you have any questions about that, drop me a note and I'll be able to handle answering that for you. So we've covered three. I've got one more left. I just want to review those three. Time from COC to invoicing, keep that up two days. Average invoicing amount, it's got to have at least a five in front of it, if not a six. Okay. And then AR aging, we got to keep that under 45 days, preferably everything in the zero to 30. Okay. The final thing we're going to measure, we're going to have to measure. What's the percent of your invoice that actually gets collected? I don't care if you're a company that invoiced $4 million of business last year. If you collected only $3 million because of 100 different reasons, 
You're not a $4 million company. You're a $3 million company. And guess what happened? You thought you were a $4 million company because we only look at what we bill, right? A lot of times when we look at our statements, it's what we bill. It's not what we collect. So we think we're a $4 million company and we're spending and we're building and we're staffing as if we're a $4 million company and yet we're a $3 million company. Where did that million dollars come from? Yes, it came out of your pocket. Because if you're a $4 million company, there's a hell of a lot more staff involved there, hell of a lot more expense, insurance, uh, physical needs, cash needs that you don't need if you're a $3 million company. And you just lost all of that because you're overstaffed or you're oversized or you're over leveraged. You need to be sure you understand what your collection rate is. It's not enough to say, I bill very aggressively. I throw everything against the wall because I know they're going to cut me. I'm telling you that's a bad business model. If you think you are just so hamstrung and the insurance company is going to screw you that you're just going to pad that bill and you're sending in a $7,000 bill and you're willing to take 55 every time, we might not be a good fit for each other moving forward. I'm that adamant about that process. I have an old phrase I've been using for 13 years. I've submitted thousands of invoices, tens of thousands of invoices. And in that time, my phrase is, I invoice every penny of what I did and not a penny more. I expect to get paid 100% of what I billed for and not a penny less. That's a mindset. That's a mantra. That mindset and mantra tells everybody that I work with when it comes to invoicing, we are fair, full, and accurate. There's no throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks. There's no, I'm going to put it in and I know they never pay for it. If you do it, you put it in and you defend it. If they ultimately don't pay for it, that's different than saying, well, it was a cat one, but I'm going to put in PPE and scrubbers, even though I didn't use them because they're going to take it off anyway. And I have to give them something to, to cut. You understand how bad that is. You understand that in the successful companies that I'm working with, over 75% of the insurance invoices that are submitted to the homeowner and then copied to the carrier get paid 100% in full. Over 75% of them. If that was the case, that you could only throw stuff on the wall because you know you're never going to get paid in full? How can I be working with a company that does hundreds and hundreds of jobs and they're getting paid in full on 75% of them? It's really not possible. It's just not possible unless you're following uh, the mantra that I believe in. Now that said, let's talk about that percentage of invoice collected. If you're doing everything right, if you are accurately documenting your work, if your sales process up front is explaining to the homeowner that they have to help you collect the money, they're an advocate. We don't collect the money from the insurance company. We help the homeowner collect the money from the insurance company. If all of that's going on and all your documentation's in place and you're submitting a full, accurate, fair, and full invoice, and you're hounding the adjuster and you're getting collections in within 30 days, your target rate for collections 
should be 95 cents on the dollar. 95% of what you invoice should be what you're able to collect. Not on every single job. I'm not saying every job has to be 95. I'm saying you're going to have a lot of hundreds and then you're going to have a couple with the adjusters just being a jerk. And maybe your guys in the field didn't document perfectly. And you might have to take 70 cents on a dollar. But I'm saying if you aggregate everything over a quarter or a year or whatever, whatever period of time you want, your average collections as a percentage of invoice should be 95 cents on a dollar. Okay. How does that sound like for metrics? True metrics for collections. It's not, oh, I need a hundred grand to come in in the next month because I got some bills coming up. That's a really, really dangerous way to gauge collections. So if the person who's doing collections does that, you're happy, right? You think they did a good job. I asked you to bring in a hundred. Oh, you actually brought in 110. But you know what they did? You know how they got the 110? They went back to every adjuster who's having some issues. And instead of defending what you submitted, and going back and forth and putting some effort and some elbow grease into getting full payment. They went back and said, okay, don't worry about that. Um, I build you eight grand, send me five. I'm okay with that. So you got 110 in. So you think they did 10% better than what you asked. And yet 180,000 on your books just disappeared because they accepted 70 cents on a dollar for all of that. That's not effective invoicing and collections. That's, I, I don't want to curse. That's a big mess. That's something that we need to address yesterday. Okay. Time from invoicing, from COC to invoicing, no more than two days. AR aging, no more than 45 days, shooting for 30. Average invoice amount has to start with at least a five, hopefully a six or more. And 95% collectability on your invoice amounts. That is how you judge the effectiveness of your invoice and collections team, not how much money is in the bank. Do it the way I just described. The money will be in the bank more than you've ever been able to realize. I promise. That concludes this four-part series on measuring up. If you have any questions on this or any of the podcasts or the Crestcast that I've put out, please drop me a note. I am bill at thecrestnetwork.com. Whether you're a Crest member or not, I promise I will return your email and I will do everything in my power to help you understand and help you grow. On behalf of everyone at the Crest Network, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I'm Bill Giannone. I look forward to hearing and seeing you on the next Crestcast. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.